He went live a little early. No, He's man. Little... You got the right classroom. Yes, you do. Come on in. Take a seat yeah, come beside on right me, here, right my here. friend. Next to Casper. Hey, look. What? You don't see Casper? Come T.A. Charlie. There Let's see what he got to say. The tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. For the record, prejudices can kill, and suspicions can destroy, and a thoughtless, frightened search for a scapegoat has a fallout all of its own, for the children and the children yet unborn, and the pity of it is that these things cannot be confined to the twilight zone. <laughs> Morning, you're watching the Road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic. Homeroom is on Rumble. You just go to Rumble and you search your channels for the Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, go ahead and you click follow. It might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, and it's free. I did it, you can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Sometimes on YouTube, not today. That's when the professor's not going to get himself censored. Mostly that's just Wednesday. Then you can catch the podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Sometimes when they're short, you even throw them on BitChute. Yeah. Uh, just look for the Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page at theroadtoconcord.com. That's where you find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email a professor at joe at theroadtoconcord.com. He's a little slow right now, but he'll eventually get around to emailing you back. Phones are on today, 229-469-0335, but only for registered ghosts. We only accept calls for the, from regular known listeners. If you wish to call in, you must be a known class member who's participated in the chats on a regular basis. You can then request phone access through an email. If you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Just warn them that Joe is a poltergeist. I mean, uh, uh, an acquired taste. This show is listener-sponsored, meaning we do not solicit business advertising, so we are not limited in the content we provide for y'all. With that said, we do ask for your participation on a value-for-value basis. If you find our shows of value to you, then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page, the show description on Rumble, and in the comments on the other streams. Hey, we all know T.A. Charlie isn't all there. Now, just stay seated and give it a chance. You'll soon realize we not might be the smartest, but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the lesson plan for today. Well, Charlie is screaming on all eight spirits today. Very well done, Charlie. You did good today. Actually made it through an intro. Yeah, I mean, you might have made up for a few of those bloopers. <laughs> that was pretty good. I liked it. He didn't tell me he was doing any of that today. He just started chuckling over there about 10 minutes before the show started. And so, what are you doing? He said, you'll see. <laughs> hey, welcome to Conspiracy Theory Thursday. <laughs> We're going to be talking about goblins, ghouls, and ghosts and things that go bump in the night today. And I will tie this to your Bible. <laughs> I can tie anything to your Bible. <laughs> Wait and see. This got more to do with your Bible than it does with uh, ghouls and ghosts and spooky things from different dimensions. I bet you you just didn't know that. 
<laughs> so uh, I guess because, you know, it's coming up on the Halloween season, which, by the way, falls under the category of biblical, just not in the way most people think it is. Um, you'll find out about that next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suckers better be firmly screwed onto your ring pop then. But today, today we're just going to talk about ghosts. Who are you going to call, baby? <laughs> and I was prepared just in case Charlie did something a little more vicious to me. I was going to tell everybody, he slimed me. But, you know, we're going to have to fill in for these guys. Seeing how here they're just characterized. You know, we've only got three left. The guy on the left is gone now. He's a ghost. So y'all know about this, right? These are the real ghosts, man. Well, these are the Ghostbusters. You know, Mythbusters and then Ghostbusters. Because there was Ghostbusters before. Mythbusters, right? Yeah, anyhow. We're, hey, this is a serious show. There's no what's-her-name, only Zool. Only Zool. That's a real ghost, right? I mean, it's on TV. They can't put anything on TV that isn't real, right? I, I saw that commercial. What about that? That is definitely a haunted house, right? Well, I mean, used to be before Disney went woke and became all Nazi-fied and tried to tell you what park you could go to and when you could go to it, what ride you could ride on, how long you had to, I mean, just yeah. haven't been back since they changed their rules. They're just not fun anymore. It's it's the most dictated place on earth. But I do have a couple of those guys hanging around the house still. I picked them up hitchhiking the last time I was there at the Magic Kingdom. <sighs> okay, here's where we start getting serious. How many of y'all recognize that one? Charlie looked at it this morning and goes, well, it looks familiar, but I don't remember it. The Amityville Horror, folks. Come on, man. This one's actually documented, supposedly. Weird things happening in the house. This is one of those ones like, uh, I think it was Eddie Murphy. Could have been Richard Pryor. Talking about, you know, white folks are crazy. Y'all move into a house, the walls start bleeding. You go, hey, man, it's a cool house. Too bad it got all this blood on the walls. And he says, black folk be like, uh-uh, too bad we can't stay. We got to go. And he said, but no, you white folk, you're just going to stay. You bought this house and you ain't going to run, making fun of us. Eh, kind of works because it always does seem to be the idiot white people in the horror movies. But anyway, this one here, folks, um, if you don't, if you're not old enough, I mean, if you're, gray-haired like me, you probably remember the Amityville Horror. It's one of the first of the really scary movies in the new genre, you know, late 70s, early 80s, somewhere in there. You might want to look this one up. I didn't do homework for you today. You can decide what you want to look up, but this one here, apparently there's documentation to it. Whether or not you want to see it as credible, that's, that's up to you. And then this little picture here, this little cute little boy here by the name of Damien, Got this little 666 tattoo on his head under his hair. Comes from the omen. And that's another one of those scary ones about, you know, he's possessed by the devil. We'll get to that. And then this one, the exorcist. Mm, you might not want to laugh this one off. Well, this is based on a real case. I'll introduce you to that case shortly. But not all of this is a hokum. It, 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 it might be. They claim that there are natural explanations for some of the stuff I'm going to show you today. I'm not so sure that it's what you think of as natural. I think it's natural, just I've got a bigger definition of natural world than most people do. Eh, we'll see. We'll get to that. Then there's this one. 
they're back coming through tv i guess i'm one of them charlie accused me of being a poltergeist you know mischievous spirits and et cetera, et cetera. all right ghosts what do we make of them are they real well first things first what do we mean by ghost a long definition time right the spirit of a dead person, especially one that is believed to appear to the living in bodily form or to haunt specific locations, a person's spirit or soul, a returning or haunting memory or image. Well, let's erase number three. For the case of today, we're talking about one and two, a person's disembodied soul. Told you I was going to make this biblical, didn't I? I am starting right now. This is about the Bible. This is a little page here. It says, what should God, uh, what should God let you into heaven? Or why should God, blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that mess. Look at here. It says, what does the Bible say about ghosts? And I looked down here and I, I, I started reading. It says, so the one who goes down to Sheol will never rise again. He will never return to his house. This is uh, Job 7, 9 through 10. 2 Corinthians 5, 8 through 9. It says, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Okay, well, I don't know what that one means because that says, you know, I thought I was supposed to go to Sheol. Well, Job is before the cross. Second Corinthians is after the cross. But this isn't what we're really looking forward. What I'm looking for is down here. Psalms 146.4. For his spirit goes out and he returns to his earth. And in that day, all his thoughts are destroyed. What it's telling us is the Bible says that when you die, that spark of, of Yahweh God that's in you, that goes back to him. It goes out of you. A spark of life leaves you, and you're destroyed. All your thoughts are gone. There is no ghost. You're not a ghost. Energy, Clay Toller, energy never dies. It only transfers. People are made up of energy, in part, yes. But it talks about things here. It, 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 they're... they're the Bible doesn't say that there are such things as ghosts. And everybody will say, well, what about that passage in 1 Samuel 28, 13 through 15? Charlie, better cue his mic because we're going to be using him in just a minute here. <clears throat> 1 Samuel actually says, but the king said to her, do not be afraid, but what do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a divine being, an Elohim, coming up from the earth. And he said to her, how does he appear? And she said, an old man is coming up, and he is wrapped in a robe. Then Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed his face to the ground and paid homage. And Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul replied, I am very distressed, for the Philistines are waging war against me, and God has abandoned me and no longer answers me, either through the prophets or in dreams. Therefore I have called you, so that you may let me know what I should do. This does not say that this is actually Saul. What does she say she sees here, Charlie? An Elohim? Yeah, that's what I'm looking for right now. Can oh, I looked it up before the show. Okay. It does say Elohim. Okay. I looked it up on Bible uh, Bible Hub, and um, I looked up the interlinear, and it does say Elohim. Yeah. So what would that make it well, in broadest terms? Well, the, the basic definition for Elohim in the scriptures is mighty one. Mm-hmm. Now, it often refers to gods, and it can refer to the god, but that's another story. I don't think this is the case in this No, in this case, sure. it's just a spirit of some sort. Yes, yeah, a spirit. But that doesn't necessarily mean 
it's a ghost of Saul or, you know, Samuel rather. We, we don't know exactly who or what this is. We assume this is a ghost because that's how we're predisposed to think, but it never actually tells us that that's who it is. And that's kind of important, folks, because the Bible clearly tells you, especially before the cross, that when you die, you're, you're no more. You cease. You're just gone. Nothing. There's no ghost, spirit, soul, or whatever to come back. You're poofy. So that's kind of important in this discussion today. It is. It really is. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain as we go along. Thank you, Charlie. And I asked Charlie because he's a Hebrew scholar. <clears throat> he understands the Hebrew back behind all of this. First things first. Is there anything to this idea of ghosts? Well, the reason I brought that up, first of all, is because I want to show, I know that a lot of people say, well, ghosts are mentioned in the Bible. We don't necessarily, not the way we define ghosts, not as a person's disembodied soul. That's Gnosticism. And that's where we get that from. That's Gnostic. That's not the Hebrew way of thinking. And like Clay said earlier, you know, the, we never lose energy. The thing is, when you die, your energy just transfers all right. It doesn't necessarily mean that you go into an afterlife. Whatever it is that makes us up could just decay and become some other form of matter. Don't forget, matter is just a form of energy. And it's just a different form of energy. And so, yeah, energy is preserved. Information is preserved, just in a different form. So scientifically, um, you could be preserved just by being decayed into mushroom food. You turn from into what you are into mushrooms, you know, whatever, worm food, you turn into worms and whatever. But here's the point about, let's quit calling it ghosts. Let's for today call it paranormal activity. It's just not what we would think of as in the norm. Now, why do we call it paranormal? It, it, why do we assume that this isn't normal? Do we think we know everything about the created world as it is? Well, if we do, then why are we even doing science? Well, we do science to learn, Joe. Oh, wait a minute. I thought you already knew everything there was to know. Well, no, Joe. It was like in the bottom of the ocean. Where, well, I guess everything down there in the bottom of the ocean is paranormal. Because until you've discovered it and studied it, it's not normal to your world. Uh, yeah. It's all how you look at it. But now, is there anything to this stuff? Well, I know as a fact that there are pictures with some really weird things in them. And some of these pictures go back before AI and Photoshop. Like, there's a very famous one. It's a Polaroid instant picture. The reason this one's important is it shows a young lady with what appears to be a figure standing over her right shoulder. And apparently nobody noticed the figure. I didn't bother finding the picture for you. It's, if you want to look for this stuff after class, this is easy to find. But why is it important that this is of a Polaroid? Because we still actually have this physical Polaroid picture. It still exists. It's faded now because of the type of inks and dyes in the picture that they use. But you can't, you can't manipulate that thing. 
that you, you can't Photoshop. There's no negative for you to manipulate and, and superimpose. Whatever that is was actually in that lens when the picture was taken. But the people who took it have sworn up and down from the beginning that that image was not in the picture at the time they took it. And there's a figure of a man in that picture standing over the little girl's shoulder. Now, how could this be? This is not the only time. There are plenty of pictures like this. And some of them come from old-style photography that's harder to manipulate. Like some of the pictures that exist, we still have the negatives of the picture. If I have the negative of the picture, it can't be manipulated. Not that easily. So what? Wh why is it that you can take these pictures and not see these things there? Well, there's a phenomenon in the human psyche, the human brain. If you have a mindset, a person whose mindset is just, for whatever reason, the way they're made, they reject these things. They, it, it, that's outside of their realm of possibility. And if you force them to come face to face with its actual existence, you'll shatter their psyche. You might want to call them fragile. I, I, I try not to do that. I just, for whatever reason, the way they're made, they reject this stuff. Can't be. Okay. Your brain will filter that thing out. It'll be right there in front of you. Your brain will filter it out and refuse to acknowledge it. So it could have been in the picture when they took it. But they could be of the type of people who just, I refuse to acknowledge its existence. So your brain will filter it out. This is a known phenomenon. You, you go look that up. So that might be what's going on with some of these pictures. <clears throat> but then you have the paranormal investigators. And there's some of them that are actually fairly good. And they have some sophisticated equipment. And they go looking for things. And they actually document this stuff with multiple people there, multiple cameras, multiple different spectrums of equipment. And they're trying hard to be taken seriously. So they do things in a way, they even put up cameras where you they can film themselves conducting their experiments so you know that they're not faking anything, or at least that's the best they can do. They're, they're doing their best to show you that there's nothing, you know, we're not faking any of this. Well, I know I've seen one video where they've recorded temperature drops on their instruments, and we're not talking one or two degrees, we're talking 20, 30 degrees in the room, it just drops. And they'll walk outside the room and the temperature grows back up. It's just that room. It's localized to that room. Say, well, it was an air conditioner turned on. Maybe. Air conditioners don't work within the span of one or two seconds. Not like that. But they might have set it up so they had a big old massive cold air dump above them and they just dropped the cold air into the room. I, I guess maybe. This has been recorded in many different places. This is not a new phenomenon. They've also got infrared imagery. Now, this one's weird. I've seen this before. There's there's a video on YouTube. <clears throat> I think they said 75 or 76 of the most unexplained paranormal cases caught on, on video, on film. And this group of people is doing this. They travel the world doing this. So uh, John Quest says, or fully charged batteries being drained almost instantly. Yes, that's true. But I can also show you how that can happen naturally in some cases, depending on the type of battery. But yes, that does happen. Or electrical equipment just ceasing to function. That happens. Power outages, localized and only temporary. And then everything comes back on all on its own. We don't know how or why that happens. But this infrared imagery in this one video I saw, they had several cameras. We had that stuff happen on our show. Yeah, we have. 
they had several cameras set up in this one room. The temperature dropped, and they're filming with an infrared camera, and there's a handprint on the wall. But the night vision and normal spectrum lights, they're using a uh, starlight scope. It's, it's Whenever you see these films at night, where they've kind of got a green tint to them, green and black, black and white, only it's a greenish tint instead. That's a starlight scope. That's that's a light enhancement scope. So they have the two other spectrums of the cameras looking at the same piece of the wall. And they don't see anything, but the infrared sees handprints start showing up on the wall. And the way the handprints are, there's there's a one of the female investigators that's in the room. The handprints are on either side of her, like whatever it is is standing over or leaning over her with its handprints up above the wall, above her head. Kind of like if, if there was a woman against the wall, I'd put my hands above her and lean into her to try and intimidate her. There's nothing else on the, on the other cameras. The infrared doesn't pick anything up other than the handprints, and they show up clearly. Now, it's possible somebody's putting their hand on the other end of a fake wall, but in the, the way the video is set up, it looks like a normal sheetrock timber construction wall. I don't know. I don't know. Up to you. But these people seem very serious. And nobody's ever, none of the teams ever said that they're faking any of this stuff. <clears throat> and I know that it's it's not um, it's not isolated or, or unique. There are other cases of things like this. There are cases of things being moved on camera. And I'm sure it could have been rigged. I know that. But then again, it might not have been. And it's been caught on camera. And I've also seen video of unexplained sounds and shadows moving on the camera. In a lot of cases, some of this stuff is not heard or seen by the people recording it. So for whatever reason, they didn't perceive it then, but it, it shows up on the electromagnetic spectrums. And they've recorded voices talking before in, in several instances where they do these uh, investigations. What all this is? I haven't got the foggiest freaking idea. Is it real? I don't know. I wasn't there. Do I think it's real? Yes, I think there's something to it. Why? I've told you all the story about how I got pushed down the stairs and pushed out a window one time by something that was not there. I felt its hands on my shoulders. My, uh, For those of you who hadn't heard this story, when I was a child, my father's parents, his my, my grandfather and grandmother on my father's side, they had this big house, three stories with, a, with an attic and a basement. So a total of five stories tall. It was built into the side of a hill. And it goes back to the prohibition days. And the legend is that there's several secret rooms that had been sealed off in the house that nobody had ever found. And it was used for the alcohol, you know, rum running. And that people had been killed there and, and murdered and committed suicide and all sorts of stuff. Well, the second floor of that house, I was never able to sleep there. Even as a baby, they could not get me to sleep on the floor of that house. I, whenever we visited, I would stay downstairs in what, what had been turned into the TV living room. And I'd sit and I'd go to sleep with the TV. And every time, every now and then, my father would try to, you know, pick me up when I was younger and take me upstairs to sleep in the bedroom with, with them, him, my mom and him. And it wouldn't work. I'd wake up screaming and they'd have to take me back downstairs. And I can remember as I grew up, I, there was just something about the second floor that just, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't stay there. I just couldn't. And these had these big, tall 12 and 14 foot ceilings in this house. 
It's old-fashioned Victorian-type house. And they had this one big, huge, giant stairway. Then you had to go around and go back up to the next floor and then go around and go back up to the next floor. It's not, not a multiple stairway. It's one all the way up, 14 flights. I mean, 14 feet up in the air. It's like 23, 24 steps. I was running up at one time, chasing after my sister and my cousins. And I was the last one in line. Because what I used to do is run up the stairs as fast as I could and run to the next step and get up to the third floor. It's the second floor that I didn't, I couldn't handle. I got to the top of the steps one time when I was chasing everybody and two hands, one on each shoulder, right back down the stairs, lifted me right up off my feet, threw me down the stairs. That ain't no joke, man. You can get killed falling down those stairs that way. And I got beat up pretty good, but I was, I was lucky. I didn't break anything. Good bump or two on my head and I was beat up and bruised and I was scared. It's not, I didn't go back up those stairs that day. There was another time that I, I don't remember how or why I was there, but at the top of those stairs, there was a window right in front of the hallway. And on the back side of it, the, one of the, the hill came up to the, just a few feet under the window, like three or four feet under the window. Cause this second story and I was sitting in, it, it's one of the big tall windows with the, with the glass goes up and you got the counterweights in the wall. And I was just sitting on the windowsill because there was no screens. Like I said, it's an older house. And those two hands on each shoulder, right out the back of the window. This time, my sister and cousin were standing right in front of me. But they, they're they not the ones that kicked me, kicked me out the window. They were a little ways away. And they both, their eyes like this as I'm going out the window backwards. Because they saw me trying to hold on and stay in the window. It didn't work, man. Something threw me out the window. So do I think there's something to this? Are you dang skippy? I do. What is it? Don't know. No idea. Have you ever been in a room and the hair on the back of your neck went up and you look around, there's nobody there. Have you ever heard a voice or somebody call your name or something like that? And you turn around and look and there's, there's nothing there. Have you ever had the feeling of being watched? Clay told her again, this is when we first bought our house. My son would wake up in the middle of the night and tell me that a really white boy in all white clothes would wake him up and try to get him to go outside to play in the woods. Kind of scary. Yes, it is. Now, here's the one I have. Actually, I've also seen this before. Have you ever seen animals reacting to something that wasn't there? I mean, the hair on their neck goes up and everything and, you, and they get scared and you and they're looking at it. It's not like it's off in the wood line or something. It's it's something close in by, and they're scared of it. Might even be in the room of your house, you know, like your dog is reacting. You ever seen this? I've seen this. And the animal gets scared and will go hide, and you can't see or sense a dang thing. Animals don't act that way for no reason, okay, especially dogs. Dogs are hardwired to go get it. So whatever's scaring your dog is bad juju, Jack. <laughs> so, I mean, my little schnauzer went after a black panther, you know, a jaguar. <laughs> he didn't care. He's an idiot. But I've seen dogs, big dogs, get scared of something that they just wasn't there. Wasn't there. Not that I could see. But they sensed it. You ever seen any of this? You ever encountered any of this? This is not nothing. So what is it? Is this a spirit world? Is it overlapping dimensions from a different universe? Got a little newsflash for you. Those are actually the same thing. <laughs> spirit world is just a Bible way of saying alternate universe. <laughs> you remember last Thursday's class? <laughs> Excuse me. 
It's that season again. I've been having trouble with my breathing. I, I apologize. So people tell you it's paranormal because science can't test it. <laughs> I wonder about that. Maybe we need to expand our definition of what's normal and uh, our precepts. Maybe if we would, would say, okay, this stuff can exist, then we'd bother to start conducting experiments that might test for it. Because, I mean, you can't see, hear, or taste gravity. And technically, you don't even feel gravity. You feel the effects of gravity, but you don't feel gravity. And yet, none of us thinks that that's paranormal. And although we think we can explain it, we can't. Some of our most recent tests with asteroids and all, we found out that maybe mass isn't the source of gravity after all. But nobody wants to mention that. <laughs> I, I've already told you what gravity is. If you saw that show, it's just the intersecting other dimension that we call the spirit world, and you're falling into it. That, that's all gravity is. And Einstein wouldn't be all that upset with me saying that. He, he may not agree with me entirely, but he'd, we'd, we'd be able to sit down and jive this one out real quick with the theory of relativity because I'm not all that far from the theory of relativity and what I'm telling you. So what, um, what exactly is paranormal about all of this stuff? A spirit. Let's get to some definitions. What's a spirit? A force or principle believed to animate living beings. This kind of helps with somebody we know's argument about the Holy Spirit. It's just a force. It's a principle, you know, animates humans often to endure after departing of the body of a person or death, the soul. Well, the Bible says that the soul and the spirit are two different things. It calls it a nephesh and a ruach. So that's not the way the Bible looks at spirits. The Bible looks at spirit as being that spark of Yahweh, the you know, God the Father. What is a demon? Now, that's an evil, supernatural being, a devil. Why is it supernatural? What if it is part of this universe? It just lives in a dimension that we don't normally see or can interact with. In which case, it would not be supernatural. It'd be extra perceptory. You know, we can't perceive it unless it wants us to. And that doesn't mean it's not part of the natural world. It just means that, you know, the natural world that we can perceive. Hmm. Like I said, we got to get off our center. We got to change the way we look at this stuff. It's not beyond the realm of possibility. It's beyond the realm of what most people want to consider as being possible. So their minds are going to just filter this out as being just hooey, hokum, bunk. Remember I told you about the Exorcist movie? That's a real story right there, folks. That actually happened. The little girl on the left, that's her on the right right there. And this is pictures taken during an exorcism. I got a story about it here. It's facts about real-life exorcisms based on real events. And if you scroll down here, I'm pretty sure it was in this link that might not have been this one. Oh, here we go. This is the one I want. Scary true photos of the girl whose story inspired the exorcism, Emily Rose. That's her before she becomes possessed. And then they had to go get the Catholic group. That's her again during part of the exorcism. 
And apparently the changes to her face happened rapidly. And this is her. This is all documented. It's the same young lady. Now I know, well, she's on meth or she's sick. She's got cancer. No, that's not what happened to this young girl. It's been documented. You have to look into it. You can read through it if you want to go look this up. What happened? I got no idea. When you read through it, apparently, I guess, she was possessed. I don't. I know that the Catholic Church has a very long history of exorcisms. And in this case, I'm going to give the Catholic Church some credit. They care about this stuff, at least on their level. They don't take it lightly. They don't think it's a joke, or at least they didn't. They have a small group of priests, and I think they're all Jesuits, which would, if you're Catholic or you understand Catholic, you'd understand. When you think Jesuit, just think priests strapped and carrying, locked and loaded, ready for war. They're kind of like Gideons of the Catholic Church. They're hard-nosed people, special forces, you know, priests in the Catholic Church. But they have a special group, and it's small, and they do exorcisms. And before they'll send somebody to do an exorcist, they go through a whole bunch of stuff. They'll send out an, a research team. And whether people realize this or not, the Vatican does good science when it wants to. Science. Real science. So they'll send out this team and they'll investigate the reported case of the exorcism. You know, the, the possession, the demonic possession. And then if they think there's something to it, they'll send the exorcist folks out there. But they document all of this. This case with Emily Rose was documented by the Catholic Church. They say it's real. They've got hundreds of these cases going back in their histories. They don't take this lightly. Whether you do or not is irrelevant. The Catholic Church doesn't poo-poo this. Serious to them. They're not going to go send one of their exorcists out to somebody who's just got a drug addiction, is looking to get out of trouble with the law or mom and dad. They'll figure that out before they go do. They only send the person out there when they think they got a case of something that it, it, you're dealing with a demon. So make of it what you will. Comment on the board by John Quest. From my understanding, demons typically show up as figures of children or some kind of innocence. They do there, but they can also possess you. It's in the Bible. That's We know that too. And it'll make you do things that are you wouldn't normally do. Um, make you talk to yourself too. I know that if you were to look at the, the homeless situation, the people who seem to be crazy or possessed, they may actually well be. Yes. And we'd think, well, that's just mental illness. Well, if you're a science guy who refuses to acknowledge even the possibility of a spiritual world, well, then how are you going to explain this? Oh, it's just mental illness. Well, then how come you can't cure them? Uh, yeah. Well, with drugs, no, you don't cure them. You, drugs mask the symptoms. Drugs never cure anything. Well, antibiotics kill cure. No, technically, actually, they don't. The way antibiotics actually work is they alleviate some of the load on your immune system so that it can concentrate more on the infection and it takes care of it on its own. It helps you heal yourself. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't actually do anything. Like painkillers don't stop the pain. They just block the receptors in your nerve system. 
pain's still there. Pharmaceutica doesn't actually cure anything. It masks. So if these people are just mentally ill, why can't you cure them? Hmm? Why can I cure homosexuality? What? You can't do that, Joe. The American Medical Association. Oh, they lie. We've gone over this before. That can be cured. And there are a lot of people who've come out of that lifestyle telling you it can be cured. And if you ever look into it, you're going to find out a lot of those folks got religion while they were, and that's part of what helped them get cured. Comment on the board from Clay Tolar, no money in curing the sick. Exactly. So, possessions. You know of a very famous man that everybody thinks is great who had some sort of problem. And we say, well, it's just mental ill illness. Was it? Let me introduce you to one of the most famously possessed individuals in history. Anybody recognize him? That's Nikola Tesla. What do you mean he was possessed? Uh-huh. Go look into it. Ten tragic tales about the madness of Nikola Tesla. He had a family history of mental illness. You read the Bible, there's also family histories of being possessed. He suffered from regular hallucinations. Were they actually hallucinations? We describe them that way. We, that's how we explain them. But how do you know he's not seeing what he's seeing? How do you know? Because you've decided it couldn't possibly be because you're not seeing it. I'm not telling you hallucinations aren't real. But I'm telling you that I think sometimes what we think of as a hallucination isn't. It's just that we're not the ones seeing it. They are. He claimed to receive messages from aliens. He actually invented one of his devices while talking to two or three people in the room that were not there. He never slept for more than two hours. Y'all understand what type of physical damage that does to your body? That's weird that he's even able to do that and still function. He had obsessive compulsive disorders. He was afraid of touching people, you know, he was too afraid to marry a woman. He thought drinking whiskey would let him live to 150. He paid a hotel bill with a death beam. A what? <laughs> he fell in love with a pigeon. All weird stuff, right? Oh, it gets better. You know he invented that? If you can't see the board, that's Nikola Tesla's spirit radio. What? Yes, Tesla designed a radio that talked to dead people. There's a video on it. And people laugh about it. Except it's reported to have worked. <laughs> yeah. Did it? I don't know. I'm a ham radio operator and I don't think I want that radio in my shack. <laughs> I don't know if it worked or not. I wasn't there. How do you know it didn't? Were you there? His assistants say this stuff worked. He supposedly just pulled electricity out of the air. Everybody says he was a genius. I know of something that tells me he might have not been talking to people, real people, real, well, real beings, not aliens. Well, 
technically, yeah, I guess if you remember the show that I did on the dimensions, they're aliens. They're just not UFO aliens from a different planet. They're from the spirit world. We'll get to that. Hold on. Bumps and ghouls and goblins and things that go bump in the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to tie this to your Bible. We're getting there. You'll see. I promise. Okay, a witch. That's a person, especially a woman, claiming or popularly believed to possess magical powers and practice sorcery. Uh, it can also be a follower of Wicca. That's a religion. But sorcery. Uh, use of supernatural power over others through the assistance of spirits. Witchcraft. Hmm. Originally, it was a divination from casting of lots. Charlie, is there anything about casting lots in the Bible? Oh, yeah. Actually, they the, even the apostles did that. Yeah, Yahweh even commanded them to do that. And he That's used it to find out what, what they wanted, what Yahweh wanted them to do. But here it is, divination from casting lots. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, hence the use of supernatural knowledge or power gained in a manner, especially through the uh, convenience of evil, evil spirits, magic arts, enhancement, witchcraft, spells, charms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, supernatural. Really? Well, what if the spirits are actually part of the spirit world, and the spirit world is the bigger part of our little world? Remember that show we did on that? Not as crazy as you might think. Oh, trust me, I'm going to show you. Who are the watchers in the book of Enoch? Did you see yesterday's show about the Apocrypha? Hmm, we talked about the book of Enoch, didn't we? The watchers are the fallen angels. And one of the things they teach man, Nostradamus. I don't know, John Quest. I think he was just crazy. Because if you've ever read his, his things, you can read anything you want into that. One of the things that the watchers taught mankind, supposedly, is the use of pharmacia. Now, this is the sorcerer's wand right here. Problem is, this is also the symbol of medical doctors. Now, pharmacia is a perversion of the symbol of medical doctors. Medical doctors get this design from something in the Bible that actually did heal people. The serpent on the staff that Moses rose up. It was a serpent around a cross staff. And that's where this comes from. But this here, that was one serpent with Moses. This is two. And those are wings instead of a cross. This is a perversion. This is how the devil works. He just perverts things. He takes what's good and turns it into bad. But you need to pay attention to this. Revelation 18.23. All the nations were deceived by their pharmakia. Greek pharmakia is the orig origin of the English word pharma or pharmaceutical. Pharmacy or pharmist. Yes, and the Bible tells you to stay away from that stuff. It was taught to us by the watchers. So what we call medicine, the Bible calls sorcery. Unless, of course, it comes from a naturally occurring plant. So the holistic medicines that people try to use to get you to you know, actually cure you, using things that exist in nature, there's a reason that pharma doesn't want you doing that. That's deceiving you, yeah, according to no the Bible. Money in it either. Yeah, there's no money in it as well. But this is what the Bible teaches about this stuff. It also teaches this: the fallen angels in the in in the business and in the book of Enoch, their clairvoyant, their predictions and psychic readings by the clairvoyants, et cetera, et cetera. 
all this and, and then you got the giants down there in that picture on the left all this is part of the book of enoch clairvoyance and psychic predictions what paranormal what exactly we're we talking about this is beyond the range of normal experience or scientific explanation well if it's beyond the range of normal experience then most everything in this world is paranormal for you and i because it's beyond the range of our normal experience so to us it's paranormal if you've never been skydiving to you that's paranormal but be careful how we conceive of that and then beyond the uh, scientific explanation if you're going to start out by already saying this is not a possible answer, then that's not science to begin with. If I start out and I say, okay, we're going to do science, but before we even start, the spirit world is just not possible. We can have different dimensions, but no spirit world. They're the same. Oops. They're the same dang thing by different names. So you're going to say, I can't call it this, but I'm going to call it that. Why? Because one of them's got to do with God. And I don't want anything to do with God because God's not scientific. Who do you think invented science, moron? God, daggum stupid atheists. And if I just insulted you, I'm sorry, but, you know, yell back at me. I don't care. Christians develop science trying to learn better about the creator of the universe by how he made things to work. That's true. You can look into that. Look it up. So it's not science if I start out already telling you it can't be this, this, or that. Okay. Two plus two, we're going to do the science of the math, and it can't be four or any der derivation of four, and it can't be 22 or anything like that. So two plus two is five. Scientific. Well, no, man, it's four. Nope, nope. We already said it can't be four. Okay, it's 22. Nope, nope. We said it can't be 22. Can't put it together that way either. That's paranormal. That's outside of the range of scientific explanation. It's got to be five. Well, that's not science. It is now since I said so. That, that's how science works in our world today. In the hands of people who won't consider the possibilities of things that they don't want to consider because it makes them uncomfortable. Okay. So back to this. Of or contain, you know, it also is of or pertaining to parapsychology. Pertaining to forces or mental processes such as extraterrestrial, I mean, extrasensory perception or psychokinesis outside of the possibilities defined by natural or scientific laws, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And again, how do you know it's not a natural law? Do y'all ever? Money equals science now. Yes, Clay. Does anybody know about this? The men who stare at goats. It was a spoof movie. They made fun of it. Like, ah, ha, 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 I love people like that. It shows their ignorance. Five true stories about the military's paranormal activity research. This is the one with the men who stare at goats. This is the spoof movie. But this was an actual experiment. And it started with the Nazis. Some of whom were obsessed with black magic. Actually, they were obsessed with the occult. Ooh, that's back to the watchers, isn't it? I thought they didn't exist. Well, how is it that the Nazis managed to invent so many cool little toys that we wanted to gobble up afterwards and even import into our country and adopt and protect them so that we could have it? You know, the flying acorn that I've told you about, you know, the UFO, the flying acorn that had the occultic symbols around the base and somehow or another it works through occult magic. Uh, well, nothing there. That's just how we in helped invent U uh, UFOs. And then you go down here, the Cold War arms spilled over into psychic research. 
And yeah, you might want to look into that someday because there's more to it than what you might think. That time, the uh, um, a secretary with psychic, power, psychic powers found a downed Soviet bomber. That was interesting. That 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 seemed to have worked. Then there were the men who stared at goats, among other things. You can research that. And guess what? We still haven't given up on the research. Say so, what? Yeah, they're still working on it. Here's a CIA file on the Russian ESP experiments has been released. But you knew that, didn't you? Well, the Russians didn't take this as a joke. Neither did the CIA. And you can download it right there. There's the CIA report right there. That's the actual thing. And right there where you see it blinking on your screen, blue and black, blue and black, where my cursor is, you download the PDF. You can read the CIA's report on this stuff. They don't, a little news flash and hint for you, they don't poo-poo it. They actually report in some cases that it's very successful. Yeah, they did a lot of research into remote viewing back. Oh, um, you're you're ahead of the class. Oh, sorry. No, you're all right. You're all right. <laughs> you're all right. But they did. They did do that. Britannica, extrasensory perception, ESP. You know, the Russians were into this big perception. That's just your senses, right? This is perception that incurs, occurs independently of the known sensory process. Usually included in this category of phenomena are telepathy or thought, tr thought transference between persons, clairvoyance or supernormal awareness of objects or events not necessarily known to others, and precognition or knowledge of the future. Um, I've actually experienced that before. Scientific investigation of these and similar phenomena date from the late 19th century, with most supporting evidence coming from experiments involving uh, card guessing. Subjects attempt to guess correctly the symbol of cards hidden from their view under controlled conditions. A better than uh, better than chance percentage of correct calls on a, a statistically significant number of trials is considered to be evidence of ESP. Although many scientists continue to doubt the existence of ESP, people who claim this ability are sometimes used by investigative teams searching for missing persons or objects. Clay Toller, our government knows how to do mind control now. Just look at Biden. <laughs> Biden's got dementia. It, it, what you're talking about is MK Ultra, Clay. And yes, that was a, that was a CIA uh, mind control operation linked to all of this stuff. I told you I have experienced clairvoyance, what we call deja vu, where you think, oh, I've been here before. Only I experience deja vu sometimes for one to two minutes at a time running, and I can actually stop and tell people what's about to happen. I've done this. There have been people around me that I've done it before. Never more than a minute or two into the future. It's like I'm seeing it right before it happens. I don't believe that that's anything special other than a, a glitch in the timeline. If you were listening to last Thursday's show, you, you, I've explained how time could possibly work. And... If that's just an overlap between the two dimensional worlds, you know, the spirit world and this world, and you've temporarily glitched into the other timeline, this is exactly how you would experience it. Neuralink chips. Yeah, that that's but that's not that's not pseudoscience, man. That's real science. That's Ray Kurzweiler stuff, Clay. But as I was saying, I've experienced this too. I don't chalk this up to extra extrasensory anything. I perceive of and I conceive of, I think of the world differently than most people. I think of the world being made up in a different way than, than the average person does. If I think it was last Thursday's show when I was talking about dimensions and everything, wasn't it, Charlie? 
I know it was last week. and it may Yeah, have been I think Thursday. it was Thursday. Yeah. If you haven't seen that show, that one will bend your mind, but it's worth your time. But that if, definitely explains deja vu. Yes, it does. It's just what, a slip. I always wondered how that would work. It's just I've a had that slip. happen to me many times. Yes. And I'm like, I've been here before. I know about what's, yep, that just happened. Yes. <laughs> and for me, it is, I've actually avoided car accidents with this before. And we'll say, well, Joe, if it's the future, how did you change it? That's because the future's fluid. And the Bible even tells you it is. It does. It's not. It, it doesn't set what? You until can it's done. The future. Yes, and Scripture says you can. Yeah. <laughs> paranormal, right? So, the paranormal activity. It, it's not exactly what people think it is. There's a lot more to it, and people take it seriously. And. Um, I've got more to show you after the break. But the point here so far is, the big one is, if you start out telling yourself this isn't possible, and how are you ever going to even find it? Bigfoot's not possible, so I'm not going to find him. Show me some proof. I got footprints. Nope, those are fake. I got handprints. Nope, those are fake. Okay, but they got dermal ridges and fingerprints in them, and I can track the individuals across the country. Nope, that's just the same faker. Okay, I got hair that's identified as unknown primate. I don't know what that is, but that can't be Bigfoot. I got DNA identified as unknown primate. I don't know what that is, but that can't be Bigfoot. I got videotape that has been, nope, that's just a guy in a costume. Even though that the analysis says this guy's seven foot tall, weighs about 400 pounds and moving in a way that a human can't walk. Yup, yup, he was just good. It was just a good fake. Even though everybody in Hollywood back then tells you they couldn't have made that outfit at that time. Yup, just, they're, they're all lying. The guy admitted it was what do you need? Well, I need a body. If I give you a body, then you're going to go, well, that's just a genetic manipulation. You've decided it's not possible. So nobody's ever going to be able to prove anything to you. Okay. Get out of my ball game, out my ballpark. Cause you're not a scientist. Go get, well, Joe, I got 50 degrees after you're not a scientist. If you've come at me saying this is not possible, you by definition are not a scientist. Go away. If you're going to be a scientist, you got to be open to any and all possibilities. That's the whole point of science. Let's go find out what it is. Yeah, Joe, but this extra century thing is a spirit world. You can't test for that. Yes, you can. You just haven't sat down and applied yourself to it yet. I can test for secondary effects. Of the, can, you, can you see the wind? No. Can you taste it? No, actually, you're not tasting wind. You might taste the things that are carried on the wind, but you're not tasting wind. Wind has no taste. Can you feel it? Yeah, Joe, I feel that. No, you're, you're not feeling the wind blowing on you at all. It's not what you're actually feeling. You're feeling the secondary effects of it. But I can feel it. Mm, you can feel the spirit world too. I walk into a room, the room gets cold. I feel somebody watching me and the hair on my back of my neck goes up. That's got nothing to do with anything. I can see, smell, hear, taste. Nothing. Feel. And yet, it's got a physical reaction on my body. Okay, that can be tested for. People have tried it. They've come up with electromagnetic evidence that something was going on. and Oh, they're all just faking. If that's your answer to everything you don't like, you're not a scientist. Get out of the room. Let the adults play. And yet, somehow or another, those are the only scientists we can listen to. Works with climate change, too. Man's climate change in the climate. Hey, yo, Mr. Scientist, tell me how the climate changed before man existed. 
I don't know. Then how the bleeping blazes do you know it's man doing it now? Well, because I said it is. Well, you're an idiot. Get out of the room. Give me a real scientist. So this is one of the biggest problems I have with this subject is the people who come at it and tell you there's nothing to it have already started with the conclusion. Now they're going to go find the evidence for it. That's the same thing as somebody goes to the Bible and says, it's once saved, always saved. Let me find you the passages that say the law is gone. Well, that's very good. You'll find one or two passages for that, but I'm going to find you 15 that tell you the opposite. And you're going to ignore them because you don't want that information. Well, you're not, you're not a Bible believer. Get out of the room. What did you just say, Joe? If you come at it with your preconceptions and you find one or two verses that support you and then you shut down and don't look at anything else, you don't believe in the Bible. You believe in your own construction. Get out of the room. It's like the John Panay skit. Get out of the line. Yeah, I'm harsh with this type of stuff. I don't know what it is. I'm happy to admit that. I know as a fact from personal experience, there's something to it. What it is, I don't know. I happen to believe in the Bible, so I think this is all. Occam is easy. Occam says, well, it's just the interface with the spirit world. Simplest explanation is usually the best, right? Unless a case, somebody comes along and says, well, that can't be the answer, so give me another one. Well, as soon as you said can't be, I don't want to listen to you anymore because you can't tell me why it can't. Because I can't test it. You haven't tried. Oops. Can't never got anything done. <laughs> Clay told her Bigfoot is real. I know his name is T-Rex. Well, he goes by Daryl and he lives up in a higher area of Georgia, you know, behind enemy occupied lines. <laughs> okay. We're fixing to go to the break. Six minutes, you know, the six minute thing seems to be working since we've done that. It gives everybody time to go run around, get themselves some more donuts and coffee and get back in their, their seat before class starts again. When we come back, I'm going to introduce you to a man that is one of the best documented cases of clairvoyance and of astral projection that man has ever seen. And this one here has no quote unquote accepted scientific explanation for what he did. And yet it was thoroughly documented. This guy pulled off some amazing things. So I'm going to introduce you to him. And I'm going to introduce you to some other things that the United States government has been doing. And it all of a sudden just disappeared and they shut it down, said there's nothing to it. But I've got a sneaky suspicion that the reason they shut it down is because it works and they don't want you to know it. So when we come back, let me introduce you to some of the more eh, interesting paranormal activity going on in the world out there and some of the recorded cases of it. See you in six.
So we got a comment on the board real quick before we get going again. Got to do this with Aaron, Mr. Spikes. He says he lives in the occupied territory of Georgia. He says we might be in occupied territory, but he ain't going to retreat. He says I might advance in another direction, though. He's quoting Chesty Puller from The Chosen Frozen, where they were surrounded by the Chinese and outnumbered 27 to 1, in which case, you know, he says we're surrounded, but that's about sums up our position. Just remember, when you're surrounded, you have them right where you want them. You can attack in any direction. <laughs> or if you're a pilot, <clears throat> there's a, I, I'm sorry, just quick story, anecdotal. It's not a rabbit. This is a squirrel. Got nothing to do with anything. World War II air-to-air -air combat story. There was an American pilot, and he, he was defending the American bombers, the bomber stream going into Germany. And he got separated from his unit. He saw a group of uh, a squadron of German fighters forming up and he tried to warn his unit. And they didn't see him and he dove into the attack. He's one against 16. I think it was 16. And he's screaming and hooting and hollering on the radio because he's just having a big old time. He thinks it's a ball game. I mean, it's life and death. He's way outnumbered and he's shooting them up with the Germans and he broke up the formation. He kept them from getting to the bombers, but his his flight starts screaming at him and asking him where he's at. You know, we'll come help. And he says, I got my own. You get yours. <laughs> and that's a real, that really happened. He says, I got mine. These are mine. You get yours. <laughs> you get your own. So attack in any direction, you know, you just got to dive in. All right. Back to what we were talking about. Astral projection. I promised you this. This is from Wikipedia. <laughs> Paranormal ain't real. Y'all want to bet? Astral projection, also known as astral travel, is a term used in eso, uh, uh, esotericism, whatever, to describe an intentional out-of-body experience, an intentional out-of-body experience, that assumes the existence of a subtle body known as the astral body or body of light, through which consciousness can function separately from the physical body and travel throughout the astral plane, also known as the spirit world, if you look at it that way. In other words, these people figured out how to access the other dimensions. It says the idea of astral travel is ancient and occurs in multiple cultures. The term astral projection was coined and promoted by the 19th century theosophists. It is uh, sometimes associated with dreams and forms of meditation. Some individuals have reported perceptions similar to descriptions of astral projection that were induced through various hallucinogenic and hypnotic means, including self-hypnosis. There is no scientific evidence that there is a consciousness whose embodied functions are separate from the normal neural activity or that one can consciously leave the body and make observations of the physical universe and astral projection has been characterized as pseudoscience. That is a lie. That is a lie. That last sentence, the reason I was making fun of it, is it is a lie. So there's no scientific evidence. Bull. If somebody is in California and has absolutely proven, verifiable, no prior contact to you in D.C., and you call them on a the phone and you say, hey, I'm sick, here are my symptoms, and they go into a trance and they tell you, you've got cancer, here it is, this is the type, this is where it's at in your body, and then the doctors find it and cure it. That's not scientific evidence that he's doing something in the astral plane when he says that's exactly what he was doing. That's just coincidence. Yeah, just coincidence. 
well, one of the supposed astral projectionists in this world that was doing, making inventions doing it this way, Nikola Tesla. But, you know, let's not pay any attention to that. Then there's remote viewing, which is part of the astral projection. It's a supposed paranormal ability by which a person can gather information about a distant unseen target. The CIA was all over this for well over a decade. They're still on it. The Russians say it works, which is why the CIA got into it. There is a recorded case where they found a downed Russian bomber doing this. They've done many things like this. This is what the people who the psychics who tell you they're going to help you find missing people. This is what they're actually doing. The real ones, the ones that aren't hoaxers, the ones that can actually do this. Now, how they do this, I don't know. I do know it's connected to demonic activity. This is Watcher's stuff, folks. Edgar Casey. How many of y'all know about him? He's born March 18th, 1877. He dies January 3rd, 1945. He's an American attributed clairvoyant who claims to speak from his higher self while in a trance-like state. His words were recorded by his friend Al Lane, his wife, Gertrude Evans, and later by his secretary, Gladys Davis Turner. During what he called the sessions, Casey would answer questions on a variety of subjects such as healing, reincarnation, dreams, afterlife, past lives, nutrition, Atlantis, and future events. Casey, a devout Christian and Sunday school teacher, said that his readings came from his subconscious mind exploring the dream realm where he said all minds are timelessly connected. If you saw last Thursday's show, the explanation I gave you for how the universe might work fits this very well. Casey found a founded a nonprofit organization, the Association for Research and Enlightenment, to record and facilitate the study of his channeling and to run a hospital. Casey is known as the Sleeping Prophet, the title journalist Jess Stern's 1967 Casey biography. Religious scholars and thinkers such as author Michael York Consider Casey the founder and principal source of many characteristics believe, characteristic beliefs of the New Age movement. Here's the problem with this. When you dig into Casey's predictions and his readings and his medical advice especially, he is off the charts accurate. He's not perfect, don't get me wrong. But when you dig into this man, he is, we're talking in the high 80 and 90 percentile being correct on everything he said consistently explain that to me and when you dig into it you're going to find out there's certain things that he does that there is absolutely in the time and day and age he's living and where he'd lived his whole life and everything no it's just a coincidence yeah it is no so you'll have to dig into some of this now there are some some predictions he made about the future that have not come true yet but then again you have to understand that the the future is fluid things can change if you're looking at it from the possibility of the scriptures. But he had predicted that California would fall off into the ocean. Eh, still possible. Yeah, it might still happen. That's actually physically possible given the fault lines, parts of California. He didn't say the whole state. He was talking about the southwest section. Right along the San Andreas Fault. Um, and parts of the... of, of Continents have fallen off before. There was an absolutely massive tidal wave in the archaeological records where they think part of one of the um, 
oh god there's an island chain um between the americas and gibraltar in the atlantic it's not the canary islands it's another one it's closer to the coast of africa i can't remember it but a big huge section of the island slid off and caused a massive tidal wave came across the atlantic ocean and i don't remember exactly the story i'm aware of it i could look it up if i had to but casey's not in the realm of you know impossibility but the thing that fascinated me with him is how amazingly accurate he was with physical ailments things that today we would need mris and um, cat scans to find he just told people over the phone you know they would report their problem tell them who they were where they were at he would go into his trance he'd go do whatever he did and he'd tell people why he was in his trance he'd tell them what's wrong with him tell the doctors how to fix it and it worked dozens of these things people he was so famous at it people called him from all over the place with mysterious illnesses doctors swore by him so how nothing to it no scientific evidence the only explanation you have for what he did is that he told you what was going on and how it worked take him at his word by the way that is called scientific evidence it's just today we're going to say no it can't be why because i've decided beforehand that it can't be telekinesis the supported inducement of movement of an object by mental or spiritual power you know bending a spoon also known as psychokinesis so you know, the production of controlled motion especially in inanimate remote objects purportedly by the exercise of psychic powers this is another one spoon bending's fake it's all just well there was a they sent the army to go look into this back in the 60s i think and the army looked into it and said that's ah, not properly controlled scientific experiments that was their official report right about the time they started doing it in secret looking into it themselves but when you go find the official report you got to pay attention how they noted it properly scientifically controlled experiments they never said that there wasn't anything to the claims <laughs> they never once said that what they said is the experiments weren't up to the proper at that time idea of how a scientific experiment should be set up well if i'm trying to measure something that science says doesn't exist don't you think that that experiment's going to be set up a little differently than everything else beforehand i would that's what i would expect so maybe what the army found was exactly what they should have been expecting to find and maybe those people bending the spoons and doing other things weren't as wackadoodle as we like to believe maybe there's something more to it i don't know i just know that this has been reported across all nationalities you know major first world you know where people actually look into this stuff everybody seems to be doing it the russians were way into it but they're not the only ones that have done it and found that there's something to it spend a lot of money on nothingness i don't know well maybe people have done a lot of crazier things in life yes ma'am just out of curiosity why spoons i don't know they've been mm -hmm. Not just spoons. They have been able to bend other things. Huh. They've been able to move things too. And they have levitated things. 
Interesting. You got to dig for it. The first few results you're going to get, even on DuckDuckGo, is all garbage telling you there's nothing to it. But you keep digging. Like I was showing Charlie. Do, go go to do a search, for, like on DuckDuckGo, do a picture search. Pictures of telekinesis. And every now and then you'll find a picture that looks, oh, wait a minute, this looks a little more real. Click on the picture. There'll be a link to the right. Follow that. You're going to find a lot of good internet articles by tracing the source of the picture that you won't find in your search engine. Charlie's learning. I find things all sorts of weird ways. And then when you dig into it, you find out that a lot of this stuff is sourced. I mean, the, the PDF file I found for you that I just showed you all a little while ago about the CIA admitting to you know some of its paranormal investigation activity, I found that for a picture search. Hmm. Yeah, I got to expand your search, search criteria and the way you think you got to come at it. You got to get off your center, as they say in the martial arts. Secret squirrel knows what I mean. You got to quit looking at it the way you've been trained to look at it. You got to look at it differently. Well, I'll let you go before I start making jokes about spinning, uh, bending forks and knives and other things like that. <laughs> okay. Off you go. So, what are we ultimately dealing with? Bunch of Professor X's running around. Yes. <laughs> Clay Toller, he's a class clown today. I like it. <laughs> All right. Let's pop this back up here. See where we're at. Psychokinesis. Yeah, we did that. Okay. What this all comes down to is judgment of the watchers. If you want to look at this biblically. This is back to Enoch. This is back to yesterday's show. This is back to last Thursday's show. This is all, well, it's just mythology, Joe. Yeah. So I've got these gods that come down. In this case, they're angels, Elohim. God is an accurate English word, Elohim, the Hebrew Elohim. So they come down and they mate with human women and they make these giants. Men of renown, people like, you know, uh, Nimrod and Gilgamesh, who some researchers think are the same dude. Hmm. And you have these demigods, half men, half, half God. That's a Nephilim by definition. And you have Greek and Roman mythology. And the big God, the head God, comes down and puts them all in jail in the Tartarus. You know, in the bottom of Shoal, Hades. Well, the Greeks and the Romans, that is mythology. But what if that is actually what happened? Now we're in Enoch material. Well, there's nothing in the Bible talking to me about that, is there? Let's see what this here is. Oh, this is 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. For if God, Yahweh, did not spare angels, the fallen angels, the Elohim, when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to the pits of darkness held for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, and he brought a flood upon the world of ungodly, and if he condemns the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example of what is coming for the ungodly. And if he rescued the righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the perverted conduct of the unscrupulous people, for by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by the lawless deeds, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from the trial and keep the unrighteous in the punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who indulge in the flesh in corrupt passions and despise authority. Go back up to the first verse. Cast them into the pit of darkness. In the Greek, 
The word is Tartaru. The Tartarus. The prison where the demigods and the fallen angels, the, you know, the fallen gods are imprisoned in Greek and Roman mythology. Exact same word. Whether he's quoting or paraphrasing, whether Peter's paraphrasing Enoch or not is unknown to us, but it's the same thought and the same idea. And now we also know that Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed for homosexuality, right? Not so fast. When you understand what's going on in Genesis 6, verses 1 through 4, with the fallen angels and the Nephilim story, who was it? Charlie, you're going to pop on your mic. I'm going to need a little help here. Who was it that went to Sodom and Gomorrah to check out the city to see if there were 10 righteous men there? Were those just men? Uh, no. They were Elohim, weren't they? Yeah, they were actually Yahweh. Yeah, but I mean, they were Elohim. Yeah. They were angelic beings in the way the Bible looks at angels. Yes. Now, in the days of Noah, human beings were really enamored with these fallen angels and these Nephilim. They kind of liked them. Yeah. Because they taught all this secret knowledge and everything. Oh, yeah. And the Bible tells us that the men, the, yeah, secret knowledge, Gnosticism, and Apocrypha. Here. So the Bible tells us in the story Eat this fruit and yeah. you will have knowledge. Knowledge. So and you become like God. Yeah. So in the story about Sodom and Gomorrah, it tells us that the, the men of the city went after the they desired strange. We're told in the Bible they were after strange flesh. And we're thinking, okay, strange flesh, you know, male on male, homosexuality. But if you're in the, the divine council worldview, and then if you're going to take into Enochian thinking, it's just as likely that they knew these were angels and they were after them because they were trying to reproduce the Nephilim. Because the Nephilim provided them with all sorts of goodies, which is in the background story of the Anakai or Anakai or whatever, Anukai or whatever, the Babylonian watchers. So maybe what we think of as myth isn't as much of a myth as we'd like to believe. Most myth and legend are based on some type of truth. Yes. And if you get into this, as in the days of Noah stuff, and connected with the watchers, one of the things they taught man to do was crossbreed animals, including humans. So you end up with scimitars, you know, half man, half goat, half man, half horse, half man, half bull. And the Bible does say that all flesh had corrupted its way on earth, not just man. And that's why the flood was here. Are we doing anything with DNA to cross animals today? Oh, gosh. Are we breeding other animal DNA into humans to make hybrid humans? Yeah. Yes, we are. They're trying to, in, in Japan and China, I've, I've read both countries are trying to make super soldiers by breeding gorilla DNA with human DNA. And they're trying to actually make living whatever the heck they're going to be. And the mRNA, that doesn't affect your DNA, even uh, though no. it does. No, RNA has nothing to do with DNA. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, RNA just tells the DNA what to do. Yeah. Messenger RNA. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just, yeah. Um, none of that was going to smack as the days of Noah, would it? No, not at all. That has nothing to do with Move along. Yeah, and we were told that, you know, this would come back toward the very end of time that this stuff would come back. It, it, Jesus did say, as in the days of Noah, it would be like that when he returned. He did tell us that. Oh, he was just possessed by demons. So. Yeah. 
So, Charlie, I have a, a question for you, sir. <laughs> How's your spiritual warfare going, brother? Yeah. Well, this is a fun class in some ways, but it, but it's kind of like the parables of Yeshua. You know, on the top, you know, you get a nice fanciful story, but if you dig in, you find out that there's real messages behind it. Yeah. John Quest says we're using animal parts to prolong life. We're actually using pig organs. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't have a biblical implication oh, either. No, I mean, no, anybody all. read Isaiah 66, 17 lately? <laughs> you, you do realize that's a new earth passage right there. You know, it's end of times type of thing in eternity. And he's eh, he's condemning people who are still eating pigs. Yeah. And that's part of what, what they're doing with AI, too. They're trying to, yes. they're trying to gain eternal life. Yes. The wrong way. Yes. The wrong way. That won't that we're in a modern day Tower of Babel again, trying mm -hmm. to make a yeah. name for yeah. ourselves, a we shem are. for ourselves. Yeah. And we think while we're doing everything the Bible says goes on in the spirit world and everything that they did in the old, we're, re, we're we're doing it all over again. Well, there's nothing to that Bible and there's nothing to that spirit world. How many of y'all have ever seen those little memes that say one of the greatest accomplishments of the devil is to convince you that he doesn't exist and the spirit world doesn't exist? That God doesn't exist? Yeah. Hmm. So this is my goblins, ghouls, and ghosts show. Anybody got any questions, comments, any stories? Charlie, you got anything you want to bring up? Well, Did it go in the direction you expected it to go? Well, can, well, yeah. I mean, the, the the undercurrents, at least. I mean, some of it was just fun stuff. But well, I uh, tried to make it fun, you know. But when you get down to the brass tacks of this, that there's real stuff going on here. And yes, there we is. Should not dismiss it. No, what it is, I don't know. I choose biblical explanations because, again, simple, coherent, easy, easy peasy story that makes everything fit. But you can you can do whatever you want to do with it. But this isn't nothing. And, and this it, we didn't even bother getting into xenomorphs. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's things that go bump in the night. Um, do a nice little search for weird creatures caught on camera. The problem is with the advent of AI now. Yeah, I don't know whether or not we can harder. believe any of it. Yeah, that's going to be harder now. Yes, yeah. and these pictures showed up right about the same time AI got turned loose in the world. So Joe, knowing how to do statistics, says, eh, there's a correlation here. I don't know if it's causal effect, but there's a correlation here. So I'm going to hold these videos suspect. Send in the aliens. Yes. Well, yeah, you know, COVID wasn't working anymore. So we're going to admit UFOs are real. Yeah. And then we didn't talk about all the things that they, they get video footage of under the water objects there's some weird stuff going down under the water under there too clay holar what are shapeshifters skinwalkers um yep. what are they i don't know i know that the history of those things goes back way go back, back way back um i skinwalker ranch there's something there yeah. the military has said there's something to that place the military has said something weird is going on there. They got no idea what it is. They can't figure it out, but that's another one you might want to look into. Now they turn it into money-making movies and TV series, but dig into that. Um, if you want to look into this, this is one of the places where these shapeshifters are seen. 
but the American Native Indians are big on the shapeshifters. Yeah. Uh, Wendigo. Um, I don't know if it's legend or lore in their culture. Um, I don't know, but this is going to be connected to werewolves as well. And it, that's another one. Werewolves are nothing, Joe. Do a deep dive on that one, especially in Europe. Come back and talk to me when you're done. I don't know what it is, but I do know if you get into the police reports of some of the deaths that they've investigated over the centuries, you might change your mind about werewolves. They're spiritual beings, right? Yes, I believe so, Clay, in this case. Yes, demons, demonic or angels, you know, fallen angels. Um, but got to be careful with fallen angels. They can have physical bodies in this world. I mean, how many times do we see them physically poking people in the Bible? Hey, wake up. Boom, boom, right in the head. So, like the TV series Fringe, shape-shifting in an alternative universe. Yeah, possibly, yes. But in this case, what it is, they change their appearance. Remember, we're told that Satan can appear to you as an angel of light. We're told in the scriptures that Yeshua walks with two of the, the, the disciples on the road, and they don't recognize him for a while. Well, it's not necessarily because he hides them, you know, blinds them to who he is. He might not have appeared the same way that he did before. These, the spirit world can manifest itself in different ways to us. So we got to be careful with that. Um, remember, you can entertain angels without ever knowing it, thinking you're just talking to a person. So, yeah, shapeshifters, I've looked into that. Um, there's a historic background to, um, Dracula and the story of vampires. Um, that's connected to a genetic disorder that they need to drink blood to live. Um, but that also goes back to a real live count Dracula. Um, the story has been morphed over the years from what I think you can trace it back to. Um, and I'm not into vampire ideas as much as I am, but this idea of werewolves, and demonic creatures, skinwalkers, shapeshifters. Oh, you better not. You better not poo-poo that one too quick. Um, the police in London will tell you there's something to it. If you find an honest one that goes back far enough, who, who knows what the history there is. Um, just like um, there's... Hmm, dive into Jack the Ripper's case sometime and its connection to the United States, to the Americas. Jack might have a really weird, long, extended lifespan. Or he's got a copycat that knew exactly how Jack the Ripper worked when it was never published. So either a police officer from that part of England came over here and copycatted it, somebody who was in the investigation, or Jack the Ripper came over here about 100 years later. There's a lot of weird stuff in the world. And things that just, you know, if I could have done it, the, the theme song for today's show wouldn't have been Ghostbusters. It would have been the song by Charlie Daniels, the Wooly Swamp. Because he says, there's a, some things in this world you just can't explain. Which must mean it's not real, right? Just because you can't explain it doesn't mean it ain't going to kill you. <laughs> I couldn't explain electricity either, but lightning used to kill people before we knew what it was. <laughs> well, that was just the gods striking you dead. Well, maybe. 
<laughs> but the way they did it was they used electricity to fry your britches. So I don't know, folks. I don't know. I just know that as human beings, we are way too quick to dismiss things as nothing just because we don't understand them. And then we tell ourselves, we are more advanced than they were back then. They were all superstitious. Well, we're not superstitious anymore. We're nothing-stitious. We're like, well, I don't know what it is, so it can't be anything. Just la, 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 la in my halter top and my bikini here, bottom here, why the monster's over my shoulder about to eat me because he can't possibly be there. Nope. Nope, worked out for her, didn't it? Or, you know, Jason's not back. Oh, machete through my chest. Yep. Mike should have turned around and paid attention. That nothing killed them in that movie. I don't know. It's this thing in human nature. I guess that helps us live in this world. Anything else, folks? I have absolutely no idea what we're doing tomorrow. I'm hoping that Charlie brings something sugary and yummy tomorrow, but he may not. I don't know. He's not been feeling up to things lately, but Charlie's actually a pretty good baker. He makes these yummy cinnamon roll, you know, the, you know, cinnamon rolls. You, you frosted them with something cinnamon the last time. Cinnamon roll deluxe is what Yeah. What'd you put on them? Brown sugar or something? Said, oh my it, it, God. They're caramel. Coated. Yeah. That's what it was. Caramel yes. coated. You know what folks? They were as good as donuts. Yes. Oh yeah. They're equal with donuts. So they were good. And if I, if, as long as I don't forget to lay out my my uh, my secret cinnamon rolls uh, tonight, so that I have them ready to bake in the morning. Uh, yeah. Well, if you don't, I got five dollars, man. I just got to bring the donuts. <laughs> well, yeah, I can always go. Buy I the think donuts. tomorrow I'm going to take tonight off. I'm not going to plan anything for tomorrow. Tomorrow we're just going to talk about whatever. Um, today Ooh. I'm not in that mindset, so I'm not going to ramble on for the next 26 minutes. We're, gonna, we're about to wrap up here today. Whenever I do a class for you folks, when I'm done with the class, I, I, I run out of steam. But on days like what I'm planning tomorrow, we're just going to rant. It, it might go from politics to scripture back to the paranormal superstitious crap again. I don't. Oh, I said crap. That's not to, not to Hay's fault. Not to Hay did it. So tomorrow's just going to be one of those days. But yes, I'm not, not Charlie. You can't blame it on me. Charlie's the one you blame stuff on. Aren't you Minnie Charlie? No, I'm Natasha. Not to Right. Me. Aren't you the assistant producer? Maybe. So you're Minnie Charlie. <laughs> no. I am I'm allowed Natasha. to blame little things on you. All right. I'm but... not the hay. Y'all are the hay. I'm not the hay. <laughs> yeah, but I get to blame little things on you. And don't none of you females in the classroom tell me to leave her alone. Oh, what? I like only the females, on Natasha. Only the well, females that, can defend me? What? Well, that's the only ones who have so far. Aaron just picks back at you, too. He, well, he picks up my slack. Was, was dedicated to Natasha anyways. Well, yes, it was. Because, folks, what y'all don't know, <laughs> when I met Natasha, how would you, were you goth or, I mean. I don't really know. Like You were close. <laughs> I don't think you had anything in your wardrobe that wasn't black. You loved skeletons and ghosts and anything that went bump in the night. Hold on, um, hold on. There was that one movie I was really into, but I wasn't just into any skeleton or ghost, okay? <laughs> I, I couldn't have told by looking at your clothes. Yeah, I bring uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, and as she got closer to God, she's 
gone away from that stuff. Hey, sort of kind of like what I was saying earlier today. You know, when you get that demonic stuff from hanging around you, you get better. Yes. Yeah. Sad part is though, when I was quote unquote goth or whatever, I thought I was a good little Christian. I was still in the Sunday church and uh, yeah. Ooh, she getting all judgmental and condemnation here. (laughs) Yeah. Then some some indirect slaps. (laughs) Some some genius. I forget his name. He, uh, I don't know. He's always eating crayons, had this crazy donut addiction. Apparently he popped me on the head one sometime and uh, like, oh, he ended up being right. Recalibrated her. (laughs) So you see, I get to pick on her. She's an adopted daughter. Yep. She's an adopted daughter. So I get to pick on her. She's one of mine. So I don't know if that's flattering or scary. I don't know. BB (laughs) takes care of you. That's true. BB adopted you too. So you're okay. Yeah. BB takes good care of me. All right, folks. We thank you all for being here, man. Let's wrap this one up for today before we get really crazy. Bring questions tomorrow. Yeah. Bring questions, bring topics, bring whatever. Rabbits, squirrels squirrels xenomorphs <laughs> if you like what we're doing here on the show if nothing else please give us a thumb up or rumble it up that that that, that talks to charlie and natasha and i says that we are doing okay if you think the show's information and what we bring and what we try to teach and help people to understand if you think that's helpful share it with your friends family and anybody else that you know just however you want to explain me like Leonard said, you know, when you're trying to explain Sheldon, the term they like to use is quirky. I don't know if that exactly works for me, but, you know, whatever. Um, it's about the information, folks. It's about the the threads that I hand you, and you you can trace them down. You run down rabbits down for yourself, whichever ones you like. But, yeah, if we're helping people spread the word and do it directly, send them the link, because we do know the social media throttles us. Um we're not all that great a deal, you know, three idiots trying to actually help people see the things that we've learned in the world. I'll tell you this one. If you've been with me now for what's 296 shows now, try proving me wrong sometime on any of this stuff. Good luck. Been there, done that. Yeah, so did T-Rex. And now Charlie and Daryl sit over there on the same side of the field going, God bless that dude. <laughs> prove me wrong because i tell you when i don't know i tell you when it's an opinion i tell you but when i tell you i can back it up i bring you the receipt half the time i grab the corpse and drag it out and throw it in front of you it's not craziness it's just i'm weird i'm broken i'm built different and i i scoop up information like a hoover vacuum cleaner and i share it with whoever wants to listen And according to Charlie and some other people, I've got a really good knack for knitting it all together into one coherent little story. So if that's of help to you in your world, share it. But also, this is entirely listener-funded. Listener and me and BB's savings account. That savings account is slowly running out. We need a few more of you to sign up. Go to the donate page, you know, donut page. $5 a month. Buy us a cup of coffee once a month, reoccurring, set up, please, if you can afford it, if you like what we're doing, because anymore, people like us, what we're doing, if you want us to bring you what we think of as the truth, you're going to have to start supporting folks like us because everybody else is going to get censored. And then eventually we go away 
I'll leave that with you. We love each and every one of y'all. Y'all stay safe. Tomorrow's going to be just one of those days, man. <laughs> one of those days. I might not find five minutes of things to talk about. And then again, it might be three hours later when Charlie finally gets me to shut up. You never know. Tune in tomorrow. Find out. Till then, stay safe.